Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Today we got probably the hottest rapper out the UK right now. Probably not, probably either. Probably. Central C in the building. How you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm feeling good, bro. Yeah. Yeah. First, first interview. Yeah, to be fair. How's that feel? Mm, it feels cool. Okay, because this is my take on you, is that you seem like kind of like a viral marketing genius on top of the music stuff yeah <laughs> maybe maybe i do i do like the i like the business side of things like i do like the marketing side of things maybe more so than the music sometimes so maybe that explains why you see certain things going viral and shit right that's interesting because yeah like when i was watching like you know uh english youtubers who made videos about your come up and stuff that's one thing that I kind of saw over and over is that people seemed like they were kind of in awe of how well you sort of executed this whole rollout that realistically has probably been happening for like less than a year now. Yeah, yeah. It was only a year ago I dropped like my first um, song that picked up. It was a lot of years prior to that I was making music, but it just didn't it didn't happen to really pick up for me. So a year ago it it started going crazy. I dropped a tape in March this year, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody like appreciated the marketing for. We didn't really do too much, like in my head, like I got a lot more ideas, I got a lot more in stock, but um, they appreciated it nevertheless. Right. So I was grateful for that. I mean, it's interesting because like you feel like a lot of times the music industry is kind of like addicted to new shit, and they don't want to like embrace somebody who's been grinding for years. Mm. And like you've. You know, you got videos from years and years ago on YouTube, freestyling and all this shit. And it's, like, interesting that you were able to sort of reinvent yourself and that the audience would actually react to it so well. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. For a bit, I wasn't, like, I weren't really trying to... um, I still don't try to push nothing. I'm always just on a new thing. I'm I'm trying to always push for for the, like, the future, I guess. But, yeah, I'm not hiding nothing from the past, like, um, people definitely ask. I still got fans like from back in the day, like 016, 017, that still rock with me. And um, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Mm. It occurs to me watching these like old videos of you freestyling about selling drugs that you probably were actually selling drugs at the time. When? Years back? Yeah. yeah. Not now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever I had said, yeah. I don't want to incriminate myself too, Tom. <laughs> for sure. Well, you're in America. They can't. They can't do anything for shit you say you, out here. In the right? UK, yeah, they can't in the UK. But America, like, 
it's a blessing to even be here to be fair is they're quite strict on the border so was it hard to get you gotta through? be careful um it was smooth for us it was smooth you don't have to Thankfully. quarantine when you go back or anything i'm not too sure i ain't even looked into it I think that they in England they might just like tell you you have to quarantine and then they don't actually. They've been like, doing certain things like certain countries you go to though. When you get back to the UK, they put you in like a quarantine hotel, right? And they they keep you there. You can't leave. You got to stay there for fourteen, ten days or fourteen and you days. You pay them. You got to pay them yeah. as well. So it's like, yeah, you got to pay them to do that. It's, it seems like a money scheme to me. Right. Do you thank COVID in any way for your come up? Like, do you feel like? Maybe it gave you time to focus on your craft more and figure out some shit or maybe just like the public, you know, I feel like the public during COVID was kind of like craving mm. new shit to pay attention to. Yeah, it was perfect time. And when, when did Corona hit again? Maybe In April. March. March. Yeah, March, April. So, yeah. The song that popped off for me was in June, right? I had the song maybe in March, though, um, or earlier than that. And it was just all perfect timing, but it was a blessing, though. Yeah, for sure. I came up during Corona. Um, it's rare to everybody else's come up because I haven't even had a chance to perform my shit. Really, I've done all of all of this, and I haven't really, I haven't touched the streets in the UK like at all. Like, I haven't done any shows. I haven't really got to meet my like my newer fans, uh, which is the majority of my fans. Right. So it's different. Yeah. When we watched the videos of you back in the day. Were you always really confident that you were going to end up making it and that you just had to figure out how to put the puzzle together? Like, did you always have that sort of inherent confidence? Yeah, for the most part. That's interesting. Uh, A lot of people don't have that. But I could kind of see it even back then when I'm watching this old stuff. I'm like... I would have been doing it otherwise. "Mm." But the music wasn't maybe like where it needed to be then, but I could just see that you had this like passion and hunger and it just felt like... Damn, that's like a young dude who, who seemed like he was going to figure it out. Yeah. yeah no. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God? Is that how you feel about making it? Yeah. Really and truly. After all those years of working for it? Yeah. Took a while. <laughs> like, there was a time, though, there was a time that I didn't really... There was probably a few little periods, like bumps in the road, where like, I started to think, oh... Maybe maybe this isn't like the the move. So I would like get distracted here and there and just focus. But maybe that was like what what I needed certain time. Like just before this all happened, I started like getting mad. Not I got like proper demotivated. Like I just thought, fuck it. Like let me not. Um, I'm getting old. Like what I'd always used to do. Yeah. So I started making music. Maybe like 14. Like going to the studio and actually recording. I had been writing from younger than that. But I started recording like 14 and like 15 like I really I, I realized like it's a business and we can make money off of it and I started seeing how you can distribute the music and whatever uh-huh. so I was trying to um I was trying to blow I wasn't just making music for the sake of it I was actually really trying to blow so um I kept saying to myself like setting goals like oh if I do, if I get to 17 or I'd probably say like if I get to 18 and I'm not where I want to be then I'm just going to call it a day cuz I I don't know I just always knew I, I don't know so I kept saying that I got to 80 but I'd get to 18 and I'd be somewhere better than last year so I'd be like alright cool I'm gonna just keep it going fuck it even though I'm not really where I wanna be I'm better than last year so let me just keep it going keep it going and then maybe like 21 
I said, all right, cool, this is getting a bit long. Or even earlier than that, actually, like 18, 19, I said, this is getting a bit long. And then I started, um, I had to I had to make money elsewhere, innit? Mm. So my music wasn't really uh, making me no money. Um, but we had to eat, so we started, um, we started doing other things. Like, even I had a job, that one little period, I had a job and I was, I was still doing music. I remember I had a headline shows. I started putting on my own headline shows. Um, I done one in Hudson Square, but in kitchens like 300 people. But we just rent. I done the venue myself. I rented the venue. I sold it out, and I made like um, a good few thousand pound, which was a lot to me back then. Mm. Um, but I was still. I still had a job on the side, and I was just hustling. I was doing everything that we could do. Um, but yeah, there's always times where there was a couple of times where I thought maybe it's, it wasn't gonna work. So it, it's definitely a blessing. Did you grow up around much like musical influences? Were your parents listening to a lot of music in the house? Did you have anybody from your area who was succeeding with rap music? Mm, not much people in my area like succeeded with rap music. I'm like still one of the one of the first. Like this this year, this this these recent years is like. Um, the breakthrough for my like art area, West London. Like, before that, it was a lot of people in South London that would um, make music mm. and blow. Um, my dad used to play a lot of music around me when we when we would be around him. My mum not so much. Um, I didn't really grow. Yeah, so there, yeah, there, def- there definitely was some musical influence though. West London as well, being the home of like um, Notting Hill Carnival. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. So, like, West London is, like, a very, like, ripe area for, like, music. And, um, I, uh, I don't know what you're going to call it, black music or whatever. Right. Because, like, there's not enough carnivals right there. There's a lot of, like, um, there's a lot of, like, Caribbean influence in, in the area and shit. Right. When you think about all those years that you spent sort of, like, grinding towards where you're at now, <clears throat> were you... Was your focus primarily on, like, improving your actual rapping and the music? Was your focus on, like, were you sitting back and looking at the careers of a lot of your peers in the music world and, like, trying to figure out what stopped them from getting to the level that they maybe could have? Because I, I, I feel like you're somebody who's looking at it from both a, a musical side as well as a marketing side or a strategic side. Yeah, I definitely analyzed the game a lot. I see what people do right and what people do wrong. Mm. And I take it and, and t- do my own thing with it. Because it's kind of like a cap on how you can, how big you can get as an English rapper to a certain extent. And it's, it's probably like kind of in people's heads. I feel like you've already kind of like blown past that in a lot of ways in terms of just mm. getting an amount of attention that I haven't really seen from a lot of UK rappers. Not the disrespect any of the people who've obviously come before you have done mm-hmm. incredible things but it feels like you sort of like figured out how to make your shit hit on a bigger level yeah kind of it's weird it's like a mixture of watching other people's thing and then just not watching it as well i don't really watch no one's thing in the, in a sense where like um i don't ever like cap my, yeah like i don't cap myself so if i I don't really inspire, inspire to, it's a lot of people would always ask like when I'm going to some of these meetings and shit back in London they'll be saying to me like, um, what kind of trajectory do you want to go in like who's a blueprint like another artist or whatever I could never answer that question like, there's no uh, there's no other artist that would really like aspire to, to go down the same road or, or really be like like 
I think seeing is believing though as well. So like what people see, people do, they believe they can do. But if they ain't seen no one do it, then they just believe it's impossible. I never really saw it like that. I just think anything is kind of possible. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, it's hard to imagine yourself being bigger than everyone who's come from your area necessarily. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's one thing if you're from, and you see it all the time, where the cities that have had really popular rappers in America tend to just produce more. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have certain cities, like look at Chicago, like pre, you know, pre-Chief Keef. Mm-hmm. There was really only a couple of success stories that ever came from Chicago. And then Chief Keef comes out and you just have rapper after rapper who I think are like, probably motivated by the success that they saw he had and that you know allowed them to envision like somebody like polo g i think it allowed somebody like him to see himself as being able to be this big star because he had seen other people from the same exact situation as him blowing up Mm -hmm. hopefully i can do the same like Mm. for people in my area though too for sure do you feel like okay so sonically you were fucking with the auto-tune shit for a while was it like a very deliberate decision that you were like, you know what, I'm going to sort of put that to the side and, and go with a more of like a straight rapping style? Because that was kind of like the moment when your shit really started to blow up, right? Yeah. Um, kind of. Kind of. But like when I made that song, Day in the Life, that was like my first like time jump, jumping on a drill beat, yeah, if you want to call it that. Um, so that... That was like the first time I jumped on that type of beat. When I dropped that song even, I didn't have nothing to follow it up with. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a good feeling about the song and I knew I could make more songs like it. I know mm. I can make, I know, I know I can jump on any kind of beat really. So I had that song there. I, I dropped it and it done well. I didn't know what to put out next because I had like a few other songs like in, in my like bag, but they weren't like that song. So I had to jump in the studio quick and just follow it up with... um. I dropped a song after it called Molly, and that was um, a similar sound. Like, and I've just carried on that similar sound ever since. It was kind of like a decision that the UK was mad saturated. Everybody was doing the oil tune thing, mm. so um, so I didn't I didn't want to do that. Like everyone had kind of covered that lane. Like the big artists like uh, D Block Europe, um, M Huncho, and a good few other artists had already covered it. So I was like, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna do that. Even though I was like, yeah, I ain't going to do that. I wanted to, to go and branch off and find, find an, another lane, kind of. Right. Shout out M. Huncho, because I, through researching you, I realized that there's, like, people very invested in trying to, like, demask him on the internet. Yeah. I was like, God damn, I didn't know that they were going to come for him like that. Because I kicked it with him for, like, hours one day and never saw him without the mask. And I appreciated yeah. that commitment to it, for sure. Yeah, for real. He, I did see them them headline shows that I was telling you about that I put that I was putting on myself. M Huncho came to one of them. That one, of, it would have been like his first show, I think. Right. <clears throat> and he came. Like I remember him. I remember thinking like I'm, put, I'm obviously gonna see him without his belly. Like, yeah. but he came backstage, belly on the whole time. I was like, yeah, he's doing it properly. He's really yeah. incognito. You never considered being a, a masked rapper? Nah. Mm-mm. There's so many in the UK. It's like just yeah. coming to America where we got a couple dudes who are kind of doing it now. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's probably only so far you can get with that, though. Right. Do you feel like, because I feel like you sort of, like, took the drill sound that has sort of, like, just completely, like, taken over the UK, and you sort of, like, figure out a way to make it, like, a little bit more clever, a little bit more witty, a little bit less aggressive. It doesn't sound like straight fucking gang murder anthems like some of these UK artists who've blown up. It's like, 
is a little bit too, you know, niche for like one sound. I feel like you sort of managed to take the drill sound, sort of use some beats that are maybe like a little bit more lighthearted, not scared to use samples, shit like that. And you, you kind of figured out how to make that sound have a wider appeal in a way. Yeah. It's, I'm kind of just telling my story. Mm. I'm just telling my truth with it. So that's how it come out. I ain't done no crazy shit on the roads. So I'm just telling, telling, telling it how it is, really. The beat choice, though, for sure. Like, I always try to pick, like, I need to hit certain different melodies. Like, the melody always needs to be different. I can't jump on that. And I hate that, I hate that dark, dark drill beat. Like, I wanted to switch it up a bit. Mm. Yeah, because I love that, that sound, but it just feels like it's, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day who was sort of like a normie who, like, doesn't listen to that much rap. And he's like, you know what I love? I love that fucking English drill shit. Like I can listen to any of that shit, and I'm mm. like, I was like, not me, man. I'm like, I heard way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, I like the the best of that genre for sure, but I just heard so much repetitive ass drill. Not even just from England, but from every fucking city in America and everything too. And then when I heard your shit, I was just like, that right there. That's exactly the breath of fresh air that this fucking style needed, in my opinion. Mm, I appreciate that, bro. Sure. Um, okay, can we talk a little bit more about, like, uh, just you coming up, like, the area that you were from and shit, and just how, what your upbringing was like in general, like, like what kind of kid were you in elementary school and shit like that, and did you always think that you What's were going to What's elementary school? Elementary for us is, like, first through sixth grade, so you're out of there by, primary like, 12, school. yeah. We called that primary school. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Go on, carry on the question, because I don't know what I'm answering right now. Um, like, back in that time period when you were young and shit, like, did you always see yourself as being somebody who was going to pursue something creative? Or, or what kind of kid were you when you were real young? Mm. Yeah. Where, like, the area that, we're, that I'm from <clears throat> is, like, West London, right? So it's, like, it's uptown. It's, um, obviously, we're not from the uptown part of it, but West London as a whole is, like, is uptown right so it's the closest like part of london that's to like um central london like oxford circus and shit like that so it's it's, it's um i don't know the word but yeah it's uptown so like you can come out the, you can come at my house and you can see you can see some like real hood shit and then you can turn right and then you can be like in holland park which is going to be like billion you could be on you could go uh what's it called Kensington High Street and beyond Billionaires Road, which is probably like the most expensive road in, I think maybe in the world. Mm. Like it's High Street Kensington, like that's where you're gonna see the like maddest of things. So that opened my eyes from young, that like all of this stuff is like um, attainable. So I always knew, I always kind of like had like high aspirations as a kid, no matter what. If it if it was like if it wasn't for the music, like I'm pretty sure. Um, just the way my mind was set, like I knew I, was, I had to go get something. Um, that's that's my area, kind of uh, briefly. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a, I was motivated though. I was always motivated as a as a kid, probably. Do you like? Did you feel like you were you know sort of like I feel like in the UK it seems like there's a lot of sort of societal pressure to conform. And to not be a creative or not be somebody who goes outside of the box. Is that accurate? Did you feel that way? Did you feel like people were hating yeah. on you for trying to make something out of yourself at a young age? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was like everywhere. Maybe you're right. That was probably more so in the UK. Now, now you say it. When you come to like LA, I haven't been here for that long, and I don't know anything about the school system or I don't really know much about the society as a whole. But when you walk down like Melrose and that, it's like a big, it's like a big, um, it's almost like Camden, like an area in London, mm. which is like um, more free. It's more open-minded, which is only a small part in London. And the rest is not like that. Like everybody's closed-minded, mm. and you're right. They don't. They don't. They do try and cut your dreams. It's, it's too like corporate and shit. It's, they don't want anybody to go and do anything outside of the box. You're right. Because like I, I have a friend, uh, Mike Taylor, who's like a BMX pro from Warrington, and uh, I remember we were in London one time, and he was just looking around, and there's all these people with fucking crazy ass haircuts and shit, and he's just like, "You would never see that in Walsall." <laughs> In where? In uh, Warrington. It's just where like is it? Small ass town in England that he's from, mm. and he just was like trying he's, to explain to me like, I know you think that this is what England is like, like what we're seeing right here in London, but you got to understand that this is the most mm. creative it out there alternative part of England by far. He's like, where I'm from, mm. you would never be able to walk around looking like this. Mm. It's true, but West London though is like that though. If if any anywhere like. It wouldn't be north, south, east. It would be west. That's kind of like that. Like Camden is kind of west. It's near west. The fucking Portobello Road. You, they're the type of places you will see that shit. Though, like people do get a bit more creative. It's the most probably creative part of London. To be fair, like there's a lot. It's, it's artistic and shit. Mm, for sure. So okay, once once your music starts, and we're jumping all over the the map here. But once your music starts picking up, like where does your brain go in terms of how to keep this shit going and did you have any kind of team uh in the lead up to like had you had you started to have like a manager or any kind mm. of people behind you when these songs started popping off um yeah i had my manager i met my manager like a year before we dropped that song mm. and he he hit me like yb's yeah i heard that he was a like i heard from a friend of mine that he's like pretty respected and that they think he's kind of pretty integral and in you being able to pull all this off would you agree with that yeah no he is for sure but it's like it's a, he's got a unique story as well like me and him we, we um we met he had no um he's not here by the way he's in the uk i was wondering i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. are these guys managers i can't really tell you nah they're, they're just my bros <laughs> right but, but they've been with me from the beginning too um but my manager we met him i met him like a year before we dropped that song right but i didn't um I didn't have no music really, like at all, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was more so on the roads, and he was meeting me here and there, just trying to like encourage me to do music, to do music and take it more serious. But I did, I didn't have like the right song. I was going to studio here and there, but I knew all of the music on my phone at the time wasn't right. So when I came with that song, came to him, I said, "Look, this is the one." He's like, "You sure?" I said, "Yeah, cool." I said, "Yeah, this is the one. Let's let's push it. I want I want you to help me work uh, work it." Um, he said, all right, cool. But he, he, and like me even saying that to him was kind of like, it was like a leap of faith for me too. Cause I didn't really trust no, no managers or nothing. Like prior to that, I've met quite a few people in the industry already. Mm. Even though like I hadn't um, made too much noise, I had met a lot of people like in the, in the period of um, me trying to blow all that time. Like maybe, what was it? 16 to to. 20, I'm 23 now, I just turned 23. So 16 to like whatever age I was, 22, I had met a lot of people in the industry and I, I didn't like how they, they move and uh, like it was, I could um, 
tell like I can tell people's energy like right away. So when I but when I met my um my man, we like, I could tell he was genuine like almost almost straight away. But he, he the weird thing was he had no experience in music. Like, he was just telling me like how it is. He was telling me I don't really have too much experience in in managing or anything. Um, but I'm a quick learner and whatever, whatever. And he didn't tell me, like, you see, when you meet a lot of people in music and whatever, they sell you a dream mm. and they tell you, like, they tell you what you want to hear. He wasn't doing any of that. And I, I hate that stuff, like, when people do that and try to sell you a dream, tell you what you want to hear and all that. So when he was just keeping it, like, 100, it was refreshing to me. I said, all right, cool, maybe this is the guy I want to rock with. And, um, and yeah, it was. It was a blessing to meet him, really and truly. Um, Cause look what we've done, mm. and he had no experience in this thing. He's a, he is he was not he weren't lying. He's a quick learner. He's he's a genius, really. He's a genius still. So we we and he's that's just my team. Me and him. We really got no other like team members too tough. I got my brothers with me that obviously play play a big part. Um, but yeah, it's a small small team. Mm. Yeah, you got a song where you talk about turning down six figures, but I heard it through the grapevine that. Like, have you signed now at this point? No. No? I'm be talking about The <laughs> rumors that. are out there, man. I'm hearing crazy numbers. Like, oh, he's signed for this many millions of dollars, et cetera. Nah. No? I'm sure that those offers are out there at this point, though. Yeah, some good offers. Well, some they sound good. <laughs> they mm. sound good, but nah. That's probably smart. Because, you know, that, that advance is... We're not against it though. Like, we probably might sign. I'm, I'm due to drop another tape, so we dropped the tape in March. We done that independently. We did it with ADA, so it's was, it was with distribution, obviously. Right. Um, we're gonna do that again. I'm about to drop another tape, um, and then I will probably sit down and um, and sign maybe. Just make it make sense. It's not really about the advance for me. It's not about the the, the millions or anything like that. It's just about the actual infrastructure, the deal, being able to do what we want to do, and the way it's all broken down it's not really about what I get up front I don't care mm. yeah do you do you sometimes talk to these labels and you feel like your vision is bigger than what they've sort of got to offer mm. I don't know what they have to offer they say they just tell me what's your vision and they say we'll, we'll make it happen we'll do it yeah they always it's yeah. yes on everything yeah they're cool though I, I, like, I like a lot of people that I've met in these labels there's a there's a good few people. Uh, there's some good people that I've met in them. Right. Is it crazy having dudes like Fredo get in contact and want to work together? I'm assuming you were like just listening to him, even just like a year or two ago. Um, me and Fredo even so I don't know what year it was, maybe like 017 when I was doing them headline shows. That same headline show that M Huncho I was just talking about. Right. Fredo done, came there and came out for me, on the strength of um. I knew his people. We're, 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 not, we're from a similar area. They're not too far. Right. So we know the same people and shit. He came out for me. That he done his, I think that was like his first show. He he came out for me. So I already knew Fredo, but it was just a matter of timing to get in the in the booth and actually come out with something crazy that we did. So it, it wasn't nothing crazy like that, though. Word. Yeah, but that's that's got to have been a, a crazy transformation for you. Like, did, did you feel like you just one day you were a normal guy and then all of a sudden you couldn't really walk down the street, especially since you were probably fucking trapped in the house with COVID, or not with COVID, but during COVID for all this time, not really seeing people, and then all of a sudden... We were seeing people, though. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, we were still outside during COVID. We always hear that like the UK lockdown was a lot more intense than how it was here. It probably was. It probably still is. All, I mean, it is all now because I don't think clubs are open over there. I ain't been home in a minute, but I don't think it's open over there. It's a lot more open here. But we were still maneuvering them times, COVID, when COVID came about. And then I still feel normal, though, to answer your question. I still feel normal. I think because of COVID and it being quiet about, like, I haven't really, it's only like a, I could count the amount of times on my hand that I've, like, been out and got, like, overwhelmed by, like, fans, like, oh, I, I, I need to jump back in the car. There's not many times like that. I haven't had many experiences like that because because um, everybody's been inside. I haven't really, I ain't done no shows yet. So I haven't felt, I haven't felt crazy, like, I've just been feeling normal still. Mm. Did you have TikTok before all this blew up? Because I know that that's a big part of how your songs were going off is that people just really embraced it on TikTok. Mm. Um, I think it did. It, TikTok helped my song Commitment Issues. People were going, people going on like I'm some sort of like TikTok rapper, which I'm definitely not alluding. It's got 50 million views. Right. God knows how many streams before any TikTok shit. Because there are songs that will be like the biggest song on TikTok and it won't even have a million views on YouTube. But yeah, you're definitely not an example of that. But I mean, I feel like... I ain't even got that much TikToks on my shit. Like if you go on my thing, like I know like there's a lot of people that they got like a million TikToks. I think the most TikToks I got is like 150,000. It's good though. I like the app. I like it now. A lot of people were telling me that I was going to these meetings and shit. I'm always talking about meetings like I'm sad, like I'm sign or anything but we're, we're really not but we just we do go to a lot of meetings though that's the thing with us we're not against these labels we we went we still do we liaise with all of these people we have conversations with them all the time mm-hmm. but um i was having conversations with them like before i had tiktok it was always telling me like do this tiktok shit i was against it though i didn't really like this the sound of it because um, i think a lot of people think that to do shit on tiktok you have to like do some fucking corny ass dance yeah which is i'd I'd like to think that my tiktok's not too corny Mm. i ain't really i ain't done no dancing that's for sure (laughs) no that's a big decision i feel like if you're gonna be a tiktok dancer early in your career you know yeah i ain't done nothing crazy my tiktok's yeah but I, i did one video i put the commitment issues song out and i did one um tiktok and it got like a million street a million views overnight and then that's what made me think, fucking you know, like this I need to take this app a bit more serious. These times I've had Instagram for for however many years and I've nearly just overlapped my followers overnight. Mm. Like just of downloading the app yesterday, I've got more followers on TikTok than I have on my Instagram, which I've had for so many years. So I re- that's what made me realise. But I still don't really know how to use the app. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really like posted that much stuff myself on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Has there been anybody who reached out to you uh, through all this that has kind of blown your mind? Like when I'm looking through your feed, I'm seeing Drake liking all your photos and shit. I'm like, oh, mm. wow. They're, they they see what's going on for sure. Yeah, Drake's cool. That one was... that. I don't really ever get like... I always manage to stay composed, but that one, that one kind of rattled me a bit though. I remember the message... He messaged me at like 7 a.m. My time, I woke up, I see the message. I'm like, fucking... I replied to it. And then I'm like, cool, I'm going to go back to sleep because it's still early. I might have only went to sleep like four o'clock. So I've been sleeping for like three hours. I put my phone down. I was trying to go back to sleep. But I couldn't even get back to sleep. <laughs> I just woke up and I started my day from then. That motivated me for real. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think you're allowed to feel good about that one. I know there's a big 
there's a big like desire to stay normal, stay grounded, not get too caught up in the hype and shit. I very much hear that from you. Uh, but yeah, at a certain point, I think you got to kind of pat yourself on the back a little bit and be like, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't try to do none of that. That's just my personality, bro. Right. Yeah. You don't feel like you're at risk of uh, developing a big head and becoming a cocky asshole or anything? Because that's kind of like par for the course for rappers in America, at least. Mm. Nah. God forbid. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I, it's impossible, though. Not for me. I can't do it. Mm. I mean, you come from, and you could tell me more about this than I could tell you, but it feels like the in England, the culture is so much of like, just people don't respect people who get big headed. It's just kind of like looked down upon to sort of develop a big ass ego. It's very much thought of like, you want to stay normal. You want to stay close to the, the people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Probably right. People don't, like, you see, the UK culture is a bit funny, like. There's not like a lot of people don't brag too tough. Like mm. you don't see no one crazy jewels. You yeah, you can't really get away with bragging too hard. Like flex too hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's not really gonna end well for you. Mm. Like in the long run, it's gonna mm. put a disconnect between you and the the people. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the, the thought process is behind it. I Me, mean, I'm doing what I'm doing regardless. I think in the UK, it's more like you just get a lot of muscles once you get money. Like, I've seen a lot of the rappers backstage at Wireless, and they were just walking around just yoked up, just big-ass biceps and shit. Yeah. You going to go down that route? <laughs> nah. You going to be looking like Bugsy soon? <laughs> nah, not anytime soon. <laughs> not anytime soon. <laughs> For sure. Um, how did you link up with that dude, uh, Rondo, from Italy? Because that was kind of crazy hearing you on like that song sounds amazing but it's also kind of like confusing to my mind to hear you rapping right alongside somebody who's mm. rapping in italian Mm-mm-mm. i can't remember I f- I f- it must have just been through social media rondo hit me yeah but like i generally like i like my man a lot like i like his music and we we um caught a vibe too and like, he's just motivated like i think he sent me the song. Next thing you know, he came straight to the UK. I think it was like the first time he's ever left Oh, so you filmed your ends. Yeah, he came, okay. to my, he came to my area. And then I've been to his area too. Um, so, yeah, th- this is a genuine relationship. But, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit different. No one really done it like that before with the Europe thing. That's what I've, I really, like, I'm focused on doing that more too. Um, I did another song with... Uh, a French artist called Freeze Colleon. Uh-huh. It's a very big song. Um, it's obviously similar. Like he's just rapping in French. I'm rapping in English, but it went crazy too. Um, that's something I really want to do. Like kind of bring Europe together, like as a whole, because Europe's massive. Like we shouldn't just be looking at London. Like I had done the Rondo feature was probably my first feature. I wasn't focused. I, I didn't care about doing no features in the UK like that. No one was really grabbing my attention. It didn't make sense to me either. Um, so I just went across the across the pond and went to Italy and done done music with with them. It makes more sense. We can um, me and Rondo can both capitalize off it more. Whereas if I'm doing a song with someone in the UK, nine times out of ten, their fans already know me and my fans already know them. So what's the point really? And I don't know them like that, and we don't. I don't know. Maybe it's an ego thing in the UK as well. Like no one, no one don't really hit me like that anyway. Right. So, do you like in your mind how much has your music really connected with the US audience? Like, do you see a lot of the comments suggesting that like they're in America and that they really fuck with your shit? Yeah, there's a few. You know, there's a few. I think 
maybe there's more girls though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know if they care about the music or they just I don't know. That's they, interesting. You feel like that's a big part of your fan base is the the girls who have a little bit of a hard on for you. That's probably that's that's a percentage too. There's a percentage for that, but that's just a small part of it though. There's really it's like eighty percent males listen to my shit. Interesting. Yeah, I would assume most rap is probably like that. Yeah. Do you um when you think about like America, because that's kind of like the holy grail. Like we had so many amazing UK rappers over the years, but none of them have ever like really truly like broken through in yeah. the US. A lot of the rappers they can't get here, so it's a blessing that I'm, that I'm able to be here. Um, hopefully, they more can come out here. Like, um, but uh, that's probably that's probably what plays a big part I think you need now coming here as well we're already supposed to be gone we were supposed to leave like four days ago but I didn't have a it's not enough time even I probably stay for another five days it's still not enough time you need to come out here and really I've realised you've got to come out here and spend a lot of time out here to to really like um, nurture the, like, the relationships that you mm. got and shit so I don't know hopefully I can spend more time out here what's the biggest thing that sort of surprised you about America in terms of just you know what just what's different about out here? Mm, I don't know. Something going on every day. <laughs> but it's probably like that in London too, though. If I just cared about that, I just don't go out. Like I'm out here, I'm moving completely different how I, how I do at home, right? Because I'm on a whole different time and I'm on a different mission. So I don't know. But that, there's something going on every day. I don't know. I don't know what else really. Just taking it and taking it in every day as it as it comes. But when you're out here, do you feel like you're like sort of able to grasp uh, what it might take for you to truly like get accepted by the U.S. audience, or like does, does your mind work that way where you like would want to sort of alter some of what you're doing to sort of fit a different market, or is that is that taboo? You no. want to cross that line of sort of making music for a different market. Mm. Not right now. I don't care about really changing my sound too tough right now. Mm. I don't know though. I don't know what I'd need to do. I think I just need to spend more time to know. Like that's what I need to do. I just spend more time out here and just get to know people more and before you know it, something will click in my head. Like that's all it takes, one thing. Something will click in my head, alright, cool, that's what I need to do. And then I reckon it'll be a wrap. Yeah, because I feel like it's only a matter of time, like given the way that so many U.S. artists have basically embraced U.K. beats. It's like, it's only a matter of time until they find the artists that they're willing to sort of fully recognize and, and relate to. And I don't know. To me, it feels like you've kind of get the best chance of that happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Definitely. What was it like when you saw Big Sean shouting out your music on Twitter? Oh, yeah, that was hard. He was the first, yeah, he was the first... Um, America artist to show me love, I believe. That was hard. I thought it was, I thought it was fake at first. I didn't, because that was still mad early. I think that was like the first song I dropped, and I see that. Yeah, that was hard. Mm. That was hard. Yeah, I mean, hey, Big Sean, he's a great rapper. I mean, I used to fuck with Big Sean. Really? Yeah. Was that finally famous. Or something? Right. Them EP, them, them mixtapes, them, them days, long time ago. And a lot of rappers, like, if you're him, you're not really, like, co-signing a lot of rappers that you don't have, like, a vested financial interest in, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I guess that's why it kind of surprised me too. It was like, oh, this is this ain't some industry shit. This is just real appreciation. Everything around me is just real, bro. No industry shit. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy because in this day and age, everybody thinks that if something seems a little too perfect. It's industry. There's yeah. a lot of rumors about that shit around my name. Really? A lot of speculation, yeah. How's it feel to, like, it feels like you getting this amount of success in a short period of time is causing, you know, certain certain rappers uh, from your, your country to take issue and to sort of want to throw salt at you and stuff. How's it feel? I mean, that's just part of blowing up, but how does that feel seeing that? Is it disappointing? No, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> Comes with the territory, isn't it? Mm. But you don't really want to engage it? I don't engage nothing on the internet. My social media, my... my um, my shit that I've built up is for music. It's for me to interact with the fans and people that support my music. It's not to go back and forth with people like rappers or anybody. I don't use that tool. That tool is not for that. Right. It's funny because like the fan base is so trained to want to like view conflict as the most interesting thing, you know? Any of them fans, they're not really... They're more time just fans of the scene, like not really fans of me. Like the fans of me, I don't, they don't care about that shit. Mm. I hope they don't anyway. If I don't encourage, if I don't entertain it, they can't be a fan of that anyway. Have you not gotten? Have you gotten to the point yet where the cops are giving you a hard time? I know it's a big problem for a lot of rappers, but I'm not sure if your content is necessarily like violent enough that they would give a fuck. Nah, I ain't saying nothing mad. I ain't saying nothing mad for them to wanna to wanna trouble me. I think I think I'll be alright. Yeah, but like I said, I haven't done any shows or nothing, so I'm mm. yet to see. I haven't really been outside too tough. It's all been on the net right now. Right. On the Commitment Issues song, I really like that you said that, you know, this is some real shit. You're like, you know, if there's a handbag that you want and I can't afford it, basically I'm going to steal it for you. Yeah. That's really relatable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's funny. I was going to change that line. I reckon if I changed that line, that song would not have done how how it it would Mm -hmm. have went how it went. I sent it to one girl, yeah, and I said, what do you think of the song? Because I was a bit sceptical about the song at the time. I didn't know if it was um, the right move or whatever because it's, it's a female song and I was doing it like every other song before that was like targeted at, at the man or whatever. And she said, she said that, that line's weird, you should change it. Really? Yeah, and I was going to change it. Luckily, I didn't. Why, is that the one you see like in all the Instagram captions and shit like that? Who? That lyric? Is it like you see people making it their caption? No, shit? not really, but it's like a talking point. You just mentioned it. I've, people have mentioned it before. I think like it, that's what maybe made it uh, pop off on TikTok. A lot of people didn't realize what I was saying. I think some people, maybe a lot of American people thought I was saying, if I can't afford that bag that you want, then I would lick, like, lick that for <laughs> you. Like, talking about some sort of oral set. I mean, normally I would think like Nick is still not yeah. lick, but yeah. I, I just put it together in my head. I figured you weren't going to. I'm glad you understood. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to say that. If I was going to say something like that, it wouldn't sound, that sounds weird. I mean, shoplifting is very relatable. Like, I feel like everybody kind of goes through a period in their life where they're doing at least a little bit of five-finger discounting. Mm-hmm. Gets like that, but they don't like romanticize it in songs. Whereas, like you know, yeah. there's five million songs about selling coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the party drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who keeps the party turnt. Yeah, I got the party turnt. I like that too, because like a lot of people want to be a fucking mob boss in their lyrics. You know, 
Mm. It's a lot more relatable to just be the guy with a you know mm. pocket full of Molly and Coke. You know, not that you ever did that, but mm. yeah. Can you decode this lyric for me? Mm. I'm in a beater with an ounce of sniff and a bit of MD, so I don't get gripped. Why would having the MD make it less likely for you to get caught? Am I decoding this wrong? Why would it make it less likely? No. Say again. <laughs> I'm in a beater, a shitty car. With an ounce of... With an ounce of sniff and a bit of MD so I can't get gripped. And I assume gripped means arrested. No, yeah, yeah, no. So I'm, what, what I meant is with an ounce of sniff and a bit of MD. And this is not snitching. This is all art. So I can't get... Yeah, exactly. So I can't get... I'm with both of those narcotics. And I can't... Get, so I can't get gripped. With neither of those things. Hmm. You're not decoding it right. No. Yeah. It feels you like, understand it. It feels like having both drugs know. would be even a bigger arrest. Yes, that's what I mean. Uh, I oh, so I can't get next. Yes. I just, I can't allow myself. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I've got MD on me so I can't get gripped. I now feel stupid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you're, okay, hypothetically though, if you knew a drug dealer in London... What's like number one most requested on the, the menu? Probably Coke, really. Okay. Mm. What about ketamine? How, how, what what number would well. that be? Is Coke. that still huge? Um, yeah, 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 no, it's still huge. We got a guy who co-hosts on this podcast who's got a real thing with ketamine. Yeah, is that big out here? Mm, not as much. You got to be like a certain level of hipster. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's popular out there. It's definitely popular but not it's not mainstream like coke mm. Mm. i think there's a lot of different drugs out here as well like that we don't have out there like um mm. perkies and that we don't really we don't really sell that type of shit you guys don't have pills in the same way that's interesting yeah no we don't have them type of pills like um op- them, where did I? Opiates. Opiates. yeah not too much opiates do you not hear about people dying from fake pills out in the uk as much because that's like a massive thing out here yeah i hear it out here uh not as much are you a a smoker a drinker no neither neither interesting you've always been like that yeah is that because you feel like you are just so focused on your sort of end goal that you just don't want to distract yourself i'm not sure i just never i was never really interested in it from young Mm. interesting I respect it. I feel like a lot of people who I see making it, at the very least, take it easy on all that. Yeah. I don't think I ever really, I'll never really get involved in that. Respect. Um, you said on one song that you think your people skills need improving. Probably. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. I rec- I don't know. I'm just not really. I I think my communication I could work on it better. That's something I need to work on. My communication skills, people skills. Mm. But maybe I don't. Fuck knows. Maybe that's part of the charm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Because like one thing that I was impressed by when we were talking about doing this interview is that you were sort of like. You know, because you hadn't done an interview prior to this, and you were like, "Oh no, if I want to do an interview right now, you kind of like openly acknowledge, like I'm brand new to so much of this shit, and I'm not trying to like jump into anything." I, I was, yeah, I, I never, thought that was wise. 
that I didn't want to do an interview too tough. Or just that you were cautious about it because yeah. you sort of realized that, you know, you're giving away a lot of yourself when you do an interview and it's something you can't take back. And sometimes I see people who will do a hundred interviews and it feels like the level of interest from the fans sort of dissipates as there's just too much content out there of you. Mm. For a long time, I was thinking that, like, who am I? Like, what have I done to be doing an interview? Like, mm. that's what I, I see a lot of people. And that's how I think I look at it like that, or I think maybe some people are looking at it like that. Like, who, what have you even done to be sitting there talking? Like, even now, what I say don't really matter. Like, I don't want people like taking my shit for gospel or like taking everything I say like mad literally, literally, or or anything. Like, I'm just normal. Like, I'm not any like. For anybody to look up to crazy see i mean you've definitely like earned the position of like being worth interviewing but i that's basically like what i want to communicate to people sometimes when i have labels like hit me and just trying to get me to interview some guy that they signed two weeks ago who's got like a hundred thousand views on one song and it's like for me i'm like you don't want this dude doing an interview right now he hasn't done enough to like warrant an interview the people are gonna be bored by it it's just not gonna like really do much for him so I just thought that was really interesting that you seem to like understand that dynamic in a way that a lot of these fucking labels and shit just don't really get. Mm. Mm. That's how I look at it. Mm. Where, uh, where do you see this going from here? Like, where, do you have any like big steps in mind? Do you have a big tour in mind? Uh, it's mm. kind of like the world's your oyster right now, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Nah, I'm not thinking too far ahead. I got a little tour coming up in London, in the UK, um, that we sold on the back of my last t- my tape that come out. Um, we still we still ain't done that yet, so we got that coming up. It's small though, like we kind of played it down. I, I wanted to do it like that, like my the, I think is it called the headline, the one that you do right at the end. Uh yeah yeah yeah. So the headline show we we could have done like Brixton up probably, or we we could have done something massive, but we just. Played it down. I'm doing Shepherd's Bush. It's my hometown, and it's a but it's a it's a smaller show. But I prefer it like that anyway. Um, but yeah, next next time round we'll probably do it a bit bigger. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not planning too far ahead. Headline is kind of a big decision too. Like I've realized that over the years. Like there's a lot of comfort in being like the second to last. Because mm. a lot of times, like the headliner, the people who are there to see the the, the second to last artists are gonna leave. Mm. So sometimes the headliner, like you really don't want a headline until you're ready to be the headliner, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean that. I meant like the last show. So it's the last show. I'm headlining the whole, it's my tour. Right, right. But the last show, I thought they call it the headline, the the one that you do right at the end. The finale. Yeah, whatever you call it. Mm. They're supposed to be like the biggest one. I think it's probably the biggest show on the tour but it's still small I don't know how much Shepherd Bush Empire is but it's not it's not a big capacity but yeah that's another thing too though it's very very it's way better to do a smaller show and sell it the fuck out and mm. have you know hundreds mm, of people mm, mm, wishing mm. they could get in for sure and I've, I've blown up so far so it's like I haven't got to do like the intimate shows with like my real fans like my core fans like so hopefully that show there can be full up of like my core fans rather than and I, and I could really like try and interact with them more so than doing a big show where it's just like a bunch you know when you start doing like 
like Ali Pali for example is, I think it's like 10,000 people when you start doing shows like that cool you're gonna have your fans there right but you're gonna have just like random people that are just trying to enjoy their night too and just come in for the sake of it kind of thing so yeah I wanted to do a few intimate shows first for sure um you got a girlfriend mm-hmm so was that Malu thing real or what were you actually like hanging out with her at one point or was that all kind of imaginary um yeah i was chilling with her for for a day (laughs) (laughs) she's cool though and it just got taken out of proportion where everybody thought you were dating or something yeah the incident's weird yeah Mm. definitely there's gonna be more and more of that man yeah, I'm prepared for it. It, it, it lasts for like a day. It, it, it's just, well, actually, it doesn't because you're here asking me about it. But it's not, it's, it's nothing that I'm prepared for them things there. Right, for sure. Can you help me out with getting the fucking exclusive Trap Star package? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. I would just go to the website and order it, but I want to just make sure I'm getting the freshest but if, shit. If you, you can't even go on the website and order nothing nowadays. Everything's sold out. Really? Yeah. You got to go to. What's, I don't know where you gotta go Resell prices But we ain't gonna do you like that <laughs> <laughs> But they've really been Fucking with you Since super early on Like that's pretty interesting to see Trap star from my area too Yeah So they Like They're the first people you, I think you asked me actually Like did, I, did someone Like inspire me, me From my area They're the only people That actually kind of like Was mm. doing shit Like from time As well Like They're the only people That man could look up to In man's area And be like Cool These lot Uh are doing something like um positive and they're doing it well like so yeah they're they're from my era for sure um anything that the people should be looking out for anything that you want to let people know is on the way or what, what's your message to the people yeah man, my next tape coming out 23 hopefully september or the month after that what's that november mm. October, then November. Oh, yeah, October probably. September or October, my tape come out. Other than that, no, not really. That's that's all I really got to say to them right now. For sure. Well, you know, I'm a big fan, and uh, I don't know. You got got a big thing cooking right now, man. Yeah, no, hopefully, man. Thank you, bro. Definitely appreciate it. For sure. Much respect. I'm a good man, guy. Central C. No Jumper. Check us out on YouTube, Patreon. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate you, man. My bro.